0: what's up everybody welcome to the first episode of my vicious love my name is drayden cruz and get ready let's fucking do this i mean i was nervous to do this first episode i actually shot um or actually not shot but recorded an episode last night with my mother and she and i went on quite the interesting journey together It was not pretty, it was very triggering. She cried, I had an anxiety attack. It wasn't the way that we thought that episode was gonna be and the way that it was gonna go. My mom decided that she wanted to share a lot of her personal insights and a lot of her journey of her life to the world. And I mean, she she explained a lot, but she exposed a lot of things that I didn't even know. And at the end of the episode, I asked her, hey, mom, are you sure you want to go down this road? Are you sure you want to do this? Like, do you want to take a couple days to think about it? Because this is really deep and we weren't supposed to do this today. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it, mom. Go for it. If this is how you feel today, do it. And so we decided to take a step a few steps back and not release that first episode my mom does want to share that she wants to share her life story her vicious life story she wants to share it but I told her you know mama we're gonna that's gonna have to come with disclaimers and that's gonna have to come with a lot of pre-warning to listeners because that is very triggering and I will allow my mother to tell her story um, at a later time but Opening up this podcast was extremely important to me alone today. I didn't need a co-host. I didn't want any jingles or any fucking opening notes or anything like that. I wanted it to be meat and potatoes myself today. You guys get to know me a little bit better. I mean, how the fuck are you guys going to listen to me on a podcast if you're not going to get to know your host? So my name is Drayden Cruz. I'm 38 years old and I am eight months out of being in a relationship. I'm single and it's been quite the interesting eight months. Let me tell you, it has been a lot of self-realization, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of self-hope. A lot of self-journey. Just a lot of self-everything. A lot of (laughs) self-touching. And I want to say that at the beginning of this journey, like most people, you're really sad and you're really depressed. And you want to live in the could of what a should have But I give thanks to one of my really good friends. um, One of my best friends. Because he immediately, immediately, I'm talking about three weeks out of being broken up said you know drayden i think you should get on hinge and i said wait what i don't want to start dating he's like no 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 no. it's like you need social lubrication you need to know what is out there and hinge is the best place to find an authentic relationship an authentic friendship and i was like really i had never heard of hinge before i had heard of tinder and bumble I said okay So one night I was um, staying at my friend's Zach and Tiana's house in Huntington Beach and I got drunk on the couch and they went to bed and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm drinking. I am going to write my Hinge profile in the most authentic but raw sense. I was just very fucking to the point on my hinge profile but little did i know that being so honest on a dating site and a dating app was going to get me the, the 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 play that i did so a couple weeks went by and um who is now a very good friend of mine um my friend alexander he was the first hinge person i ever reached out to and reached out to me. He was my, the first person, super attractive, good looking, smart, just a well-rounded person, invited me out on a date. And I went ahead and, and it was like, you know what, what do I got to lose? I'm single. Everything kind of went to shit. Fuck it. Let's do this. And so I, I went out on my first date. It was four weeks after my split. And It was so amazing to go out and meet somebody nice, go out for drinks, go out to dinner and have the most amazing first date right out of a relationship, 30 days out of a relationship. Listen, my heart was broken. I was a fucking mess. It was just not what I thought my first month was going to be, but I was just rolling with the punches. Well, Alexander and I ended up going on a few more dates and, you know, we decided we just wanted to be friends. I wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. It was a great introduction back into single life. And granted I did what everybody does. You know, we have some one night stands, we go on the hookup apps, we see what's out there. And It just wasn't for me right off the bat. I wanted, I knew that I needed to take the time to actually process what was going on with me. And I ended up going to um, learning annexes and courses and entrepreneurial ship. Like I wanted to self-help in a way that I had never self helped before. I wanted to do this time around I wanted to do everything completely opposite of what I had done in the past within a breakup. I wanted to break my vicious cycle. (laughs) And realistically speaking, I read a lot. I went on gratitude walks. I went out into nature. I started working out. I really, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I drank a lot. Like that was just, there was no way around that. Me and Basil Hayden and Whistlepig, because I love bourbon. We were friends. We were friends. People are like, what are you doing? Um, I'm banging Whistlepig tonight. Just me and him and fucking Netflix. And that's what we're doing. But that's a part of the process. I realized that self-medication is a part of the process, but it doesn't necessarily have to be part of, part of the process. I chose for it to be part of the process and but the good thing is i was able to get in touch with my feelings within these courses within these classes that i was taking within these masterminds i was starting to build these relationships purely out of vulnerability like when i tell you what my goals were during this cycle I wanted to know what vulnerability was going to be like to the fullest extent and want to build these amazing relationships with people and start over truly just not fucking write a new chapter, just write a whole new book, but take lessons from the past and start fucking Mm -hmm over start new and during that time I started asking myself a lot of questions about what where I messed up or I screwed up how can I, I have made things better and I started researching I started studying and I was like I love talking about sex I love talking about love I love talking about relationships. And my little brother looks at me and says, why don't you start a podcast? And I said, really? He's like, you love to hear yourself talk. You don't shut the fuck up. And people like what you say. You say good things. He's like, you don't talk out of your ass. He's like, you talk from the heart. And I said, okay, little bro, let's go in the room. I'm going to get a glass of wine. I want you to go out into the kitchen. Ask my our brother and our mother to give you five questions and I'm going to answer them blindly on camera. And we got our five questions. He came into the room. I answered them organically right on the spot and I played them back and I said, you're right. The shit's coming from the heart. It's coming from a place of vulnerability. It's coming from a place of hurt, but it's also coming from a place of love. We have so much wisdom when we go through the winger, the ringer. You know, we we have so much to say, but a lot of people are afraid to to say it. And for me, my biggest takeaways from even the last year was speak your mind. Don't be afraid to say what you want to say. Don't be afraid to dive into these realms that people are afraid to dive into. But if you guys know me very well, you know I love everything sex. I love to talk about sex. I love having sex. I, I've i always been a sex-positive person. I've always been, you know, I, I don't believe in slut-shaming. I don't believe in, you know, fucking... I, I if you If it makes you feel good, do it. Do I have my boundaries? Absolutely. Are there things that I won't do? No. But... You know, I mean, yes, there are some things I won't do. Sorry. I mean, depending on the person. (laughs) Um, But I noticed that a lot of people just are very shameful about their sexuality and the things that they like. You know, in my past relationships, I was always just, let's have fun. What are you into? Come on, let's go explore. And I was always met with, you're so sexual. I don't know why you always want to talk about sex but then i would you know check the phone sometimes and i would just be like hey what's going on here like why are you talking to somebody else what's what's going on here why don't you just invite them over why don't you just talk about it like why don't you just be open about it hey i like watching this type of pornography great let's watch it together hey i want to go on chatterbait hey i want to get a prostitute hey i want you to pee on me or i want to go have sex in public let's do it. You know, as long as it doesn't hit the realms of the places where I draw my boundaries at, like we're a couple, let's explore our sexuality. You shouldn't bastardize yourself for the things that you like. There's also when you grow up in religious families or when you grow up around extremely conservative people, sexuality is not spoken about, but it's crazy because some of the most, the biggest perverts I've ever met are the ones in the in the closet or the ones that are hiding their sexuality. They're the ones spending ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 of company money at deja vu with, with, with a bunch of strippers. Granted, I used to be an ex stripper and we loved you in the closet freaks. We have come spend your money at deja vu or where I used to work at Dick's cabaret in um, Arizona, but that was like 20 years ago or no, like 15 years ago, whatever. We'll just say it was recent. Um, but it's wild. You know, I have a lot of friends in in the industry, in the porn industry, in the adult entertainment industry and it's like OnlyFans. Right now OnlyFans is huge. Like nobody even wants to do porn anymore. They are making more money on OnlyFans. Um a couple of my really good friends are content creators and they make a killing. They have huge Instagram followings. They have huge Twitter followings. And they were just like, how am I going to capitalize off of this? Let's start an OnlyFans. Do it. By all means, I'll subscribe. Hey, look, I support small businesses. I support small businesses. And so for me, in the sex realm, it's okay to talk about it. Married couples have sex. Religious people have sex. You know, I just had a conversation. I'm sorry, auntie. But I'm not going to drop any names. But we talked about, um, you know, she, she's a very religious woman. And she's like, well, you know, God wanted us to have fun as well. Like, we're a married couple. We need to have fun, too. And I was like, oh, you go, Glenn Coco. You go. Like, that's right. And granted, we don't meet on the spectrum on a lot of things because she's super Catholic. and But there's always the fine denominator as to, you know, okay, well, I don't believe in what you believe in. You don't believe in what I believe in. But how can we meet each other in the middle? So we talked about marriage and sexuality because I did a lot. I did a lot of asking of questions. Uh, any person I could get in front of or get granted an audience by, I asked every single question you can possibly think of. Let me know about your relationship life. I want to know about your love life. How is dating? How's sex? How's this? How's that? And people were very honest. People were so honest about their lives. And I was just like, this is gonna be amazing to have to have a podcast about topics that people like to talk about or even don't wanna talk about, but want to listen to. And turning the the focus on a love aspect, for me, the longest for the longest time. I just was so afraid to love. I was so afraid to dive into the realm of love because I look at love. It was like weakness. It was a weak thing. Like who loves? Who wants to love? You know, I just always wanted to be a badass. It was just always kind of like, oh, I got to have these castle walls up and, you know, I got I to gotta put the fucking, I got to put up the front. But realistically speaking, I'm a big snuggle bear. And not like Cuddle Bear because I don't like to cuddle, but I definitely am super compassionate with the people that I love and that I care for. And I realized that I should have been focusing that attention more in my love life, within my relationships, within my family, within my friends. I I definitely have the reputation of being a stone cold bitch at times, but I was like, where is that going to get me? Uh, in, in in a business aspect, yes, I'm going to be drone Crawford addressing PepsiCo. Like, you know, don't go there with me. But at home, I don't want to be that person. Uh, a couple months ago, I called my brother randomly. And it was like 830 in the morning. And he picked up the phone. He was at work. And he said, hey, bro, what's going on? I said, like, ah, not nothing. We're just chilling. He's like, hey, what's going on? I said, hey, I know I don't say this enough. But I love you. I just wanted to call and see what you were doing and tell you I love you. And he was like, are you okay? No. I just don't ever want there to be a time where I don't express my feelings to you. I don't tell you how much I love you and how much I care for you. And my brother was shook. He just really didn't know what to say because I'd never done that. But sometimes we got to let people know that we love them we got to let people know that we care for them and that we want to be there for them and that we are available to them. I have so many people that I've known have committed suicide because well, one, they were depressed, but two, they didn't, they, the one thing that I, I known after the fact is that they felt that people didn't love them, that people didn't tell them I love you enough and it's nobody's fault but I've had too many people in my life pass away from illness or from tragic accidents and I don't ever want someone that I love pass away and me not tell them beforehand or whatever that I care for them and that I love them and Love is so, it's, 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 it's a funny thing. Love makes us do stupid shit as well. And love will get us into some shit. It will get us into some shit because love also, sometimes we don't see within the red flags of love. You can love somebody and they can be toxic as fuck. I know this very very well toxicity if we you grew up and your parents were toxic or there was abuse or there was any type of anything where you grew up around toxicity which i did toxicity sometimes is like a mother's hug because that's all we know that's what we grew up on we we don't see the fine lines between this is okay and this is not okay and a lot of the times we find comfort in the things that we coveted and never really realized it. Abuse, verbal, physical, sexual. A lot of those times, those things happen. There is abuse within the relationship. And you think that it's love or you get manipulated into staying because you love this person and you know they're this person's going to change or this person's going to you know this person's not going to be this way this person's going to grow it realistically speaking if someone hits you run because if they hit you once they're going to hit you again we stay in these vicious cycles because they are so comforting to us and comfortability is a killer If I've learned anything over the course of the past eight months is that people who live in their comfort zones, they end up paying the ultimate price at the end when they become unhappy and they find themselves years later like, how did all this time go by? And I did not leave the situation that I'm in at the moment. A couple weeks ago, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine. And they were talking about their relationship and how they wanted to get out of the relationship. And I said, look, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I say this in the most loving will, in the in the most loving way. If you stay in your relationship and there is no fixing it, you are gonna be in misery no matter what, no matter if you guys go to therapy and try to make it work, if it's toxic, it's toxic. Now, when you break up, just so you know, it's gonna hurt like a motherfucker. It is going to hurt because all real, all breakups hurt, no matter how you slice it, no matter how tough you think you are or how tough you put it out there that you are. No, 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 no. I have never met one person that did not, unless it was an absolute horrific excuse of a relationship has someone I've seen walk out of something happy there's always a process to that it takes months it takes years but you have to go through that process and a lot of people don't want to break up because they don't want to go through the breakup process they don't want to be alone they don't want to have to walk that line and have to restart over again but after a while, if you go on the self-help journey, if you retry to find yourself, if you find validation within yourself, you end up growing so much from that. Even if the relationship was ugly, even if the relationship was bad, even if there was violence or whatever the fuck it is, drug abuse, there has to be takeaways from these negative experiences you got to try to find the positivity within these realms, whether it's a love relationship, whether it's a friend relationship, whether it's a family relationship. There is going to be a silver lining, no matter how you slice it. It's crazy. Um, About a month and a half ago, I had a friend pass away. And we didn't end on good terms it was a bad bad and we'll get into this later into the podcast series when i talk about toxic friendships and bad business relationships and we're going to talk about toxicity a lot during we're going to talk about narcissism too because let me tell you i did not know what true narcissism was but i have a fucking doctorate in narcissism now and what gaslighting and love bombing and, and and grooming and manipulation like Let me tell you, when you survive narcissistic abuse, you end up becoming motherfucking Dr. Phil. Like, you just know. And I actually have friends that have gone through it, too. And a lot of people like to throw that word around. But when you find out what true narcissistic behavior is and what narcissistic abuse is, boy, does it take you down an interesting route. So... When my friend passed away, it got me thinking about a lot of things about life and about gratitude and how sometimes at any brief moment, you can just go. Your life could be done. And where were you happy during your life? If you died tomorrow, are you happy with what happened in your life? If if you die tomorrow, would you be okay with the way that you left your life? And I kept telling myself every single time, yeah, no. No, 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 no. I gotta do something about this. I I, I do not want to be in a situation where all I did was focus on negativity and focus on the bad side of things. I want to do something different. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna change things. I wanna tell. Some stories and, 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 and get some feedback, but also get in a realm of healing because I understand how much healing is a part of the journey. And we all know that we have so many different journeys in life, whether it's a new career, whether it's a new relationship, whether it's a newly found freedom. There's so many aspects to life that we need to be fruitful for. So on this podcast, this season, we're going to touch on subjects that are good, bad, and extremely motherfucking triggering because I didn't want to be just a sex podcast. Most people are like, wow, you're going to talk about love and relationships. I'm like, yeah, because that's important. That's a part of the cycle. You cannot just sit there and, I, I mean, as much as I would love to just talk about sex all day long. I want to talk about deeper things because when you you get accused of being an overly sexual person and that you're not emotional and when you're not, you know, empathetic and you take a good hard look in the mirror and you're like, no, I love, I care, I have empathy, I have compassion, but you want to understand it at a different level and you want to take the like the gas of your soul, the energy of who you are as a person and amplify that to the next level. Those are the type of dives that we're going to be going into when we talk about love in relationships. I mean, we all know they are not easy. Relationships are fucking hard. We live in a time where everything is so disposable and and you're uh, people are always looking for the next best thing oh I can find somebody better I they make more money they have a bigger dick they have a better car they have bigger tits she's more beautiful she has a bet. you know uh, uh, you know she does it there's so many different things that I hear you know what's fucking crazy to me and i should be bleeping all of this but no i'm not going to this is not that a bleeping podcast um is that people don't court anymore they do not court there's no courtship anymore and if you buy somebody flowers they're obsessed with me if you text somebody i love you they're moving too fast if you call somebody oh, I'm not going to answer their call. I shouldn't answer their test. I don't know why they're calling and texting me. Shut the fuck up. They're just trying to get to know you. You, Get your head out of your ass. And so when we talk about, when we do the dives about relationships, we're going to touch a lot of different subjects. And I think for me always is touching on things that people don't really want to talk about. Alcoholism, drug abuse, sexual addiction, those are going to be huge. Those have been a big part of, 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 of me growing up and me in relationships. Like I have seen the bad side of people and I've seen the bad sides of myself within my 38 years of life. But that is a part of life. It's a part of our cycles. And if we don't have takeaways from these things... What else do we have to learn? But it's not always going to be negative. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about three ways and open relationships and pornography and prostitution and you name it, we're doing it. When it comes to sexuality, no taboos here. Granted, we will touch some negative aspects of sexuality and the reason why why people do the things that they do. But that's also a part of the journey. So I want to thank you guys so very much for tuning in today, for letting me explain a little bit about myself, a little bit about the podcast and what's to come on My Vicious Love. Thank you so much. I can't wait to just get wild and crazy, but also have a good cry. Because, you know, a good cry is, we all love a good cry. I feel like in, I'm going to have some guests where we're just going to be fucking, we're, we're going to have a good tear jerker. <laughs> so, happy Father's Day to everybody. I'm so glad you guys tuned in.